All right. On today's show, one of us is going to pick BC to defeat Louisville. The other one's not. You're going to have to wait and guess which of the hosts are going to pick them. All this and more on today's Locked On BC. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. on bcaj black i am joined as always on friday with mitch wolf mitch how's it going doing good excited that you know bc's back home this week uh you know this is i think one of at this point in the season one of the few games where they have a good shot at winning the game um so i think this should be a really and it's not a night game which is kind of a nice change of pace so it should be a good game for bc i think i have to say i'm looking forward to not having to stay up till one in the morning doing Mm -hmm. work so Thank you for a noon game, and we only get one of those, and then it's back to a night game again. <laughs> but this is a game. Louisville is a 14.5-point sp- uh, favorite at this point when I was looking up uh, the current odds on Bet Online, And, you know, I-, I think the overwhelming feel amongst writers, fans, opposing fan base is that Louisville should run away with this game. Mitch, I'm going to put you on the spot here because you tell me that you don't agree with this. Why? No. So I think Louisville is kind of a chaotic team at this point. Um, you know, they've had some weird games thus far in the season. Um, you know, the first week they get kind of dog walked by Syracuse. Although I rewatched that game and it was 17, seven in the fourth quarter. So they really had a shot and then they just kind of collapsed with some bad turnovers um, in good t- that put Syracuse in good field position to kind of just open up the game. So you know, I think that game is closer than it appears, but, you know, they still made those mistakes. UCF, you know, they were at UCF. That's always a tough game, but they, you know, only squeaked that out by six points. Um, they lose a tough one to Florida State um, at home. You know, even the Florida State lost the quarterback, they still played quite well. And then they beat up on USF, who's one of the worst teams in college football. So, you know, we kind of know what BC is at this point, I think, but Louisville is still a bit of a mystery. And, you know, if you look at the, at least their offense, you know, they're not, performing up to steer play they're scoring a, lot, a decent amount of points but they're not really consistent like they've got a good running game they've got a really deep backfield but malik cunningham you know stop me when you've heard this before but he still hasn't developed as a pocket passer um you know he's thrown three interceptions he's only thrown two touchdowns he's only completing 60.7 percent of his passes um he, he's very inaccurate down that deep down the field i was actually looking up some stats for uh, my three keys to victory today and if you look at passes that are 10 yards or more downfield, he's only completing 38.5% of those passes. And most of them are right down the middle. So he's not, he's very bad throwing to the outside as well. So, you know, this offense is made, they're trying to make things simple for him, but when he has to make the big plays as a passer, he's not consistently making them. All right. Now, so, Lou, go, ahead. Right, go ahead. Continue. I, I was cutting you off. You okay. So, so Louisville's defense is, you know, again, they've, in some games they've allowed a good amount of points. Some games they haven't, um, they're an interesting defense. They run a three, three, five, and they have lighter personnel and they try to create a lot of havoc with very complex, exotic blitz looks, which is something BC has obviously struggled with. Um, but I think that, you know, the, I, I still don't think that that defense has a ton of, you know, game breaking talent. I think Yasir Abdul is a good player. Um, Keetrell Clark and um, Jarvis Brownlee are decent corners. Um but I, I, I'm not super, I'm not terrified of this defense, you know, like I was more, even though Florida state ended up missing some of their best players, but uh, you know, I think BC has a decent shot be- and also because of Louisville's penchant for just, you know, 
shooting themselves in the foot. They have one of the worst turnover margins in uh, FBS. Let me see. I have it pulled up somewhere. Um, they have a minus three turnover margin, which I think is uh, it's in the lower half of teams. Uh, Malik Cunningham's, like I said, thrown three interceptions. He has seven turnover worthy plays. Um, and they have the second highest number of lost fumbles in the FBS at six. They're also rank 116th in average penalty yards per game with 72. And they're tied with UMass at 124th in terms of average penalties per game at 8.75. So this team just makes a lot of mistakes. You know, they're going on the road to play BC. So, you know, I really, I think they're going to have, a, I think they're going to end up shooting themselves in the foot a lot. All right. So let me break down some of the things you said, because I want to, I want to get some clarification on some of your points. So, Cunningham, obviously he's a one-dimensional quarterback. Well, I don't want to call him one-dimensional, but he, he he basically has not shown that he can pass. And if Louisville just goes to the run game and tries to just, you know, get him out of the pocket and run around, don't you fear that he's going to do to BC's defense what Jordan Travis did last week? Well, so I, I fear more of what Cunningham did to BC last year than what Travis did because Travis only Travis never had a designed run because of his injury. He only had one or two scrambles and one of them was yep. really broke BC. But so that, that's a little bit different, but compared to last year, we had, I think 130 yards and three touchdowns and killed BC on scrambles and on designed runs. So that was, that was all bad. I think BC is going to be improved there because I think that they have, you know, their linebackers this year, the ones they're playing, you know, you've got Cam Arnold, Bryce Steele and Jalen Blackwell, especially on passing downs. And I think those three guys are a lot more athletic than the guys they were putting out there last year. And Isaiah Graham Mobley and Vinny DePalma, who's still on the team and, you know, has a good role, but I don't think they'll ask him to be the guy spying Cunningham. Uh, I also think that they're going to, you know, be a little more disciplined about, you know, I don't think they're going to blitz him very much, or at least I wouldn't because that kind of opens up scenes where he can get out of the pocket and create. I think they're just going to kind of keep it a base rush drop a lot of guys in coverage and essentially like say, Hey, listen, like we're going to do everything we can to keep you inside the pocket and um, make sure you, you beat us as a thrower. If, if you're going to beat us, and you're, if you're going to beat us throwing, then, you know, we'll, we'll take that because we don't think you can do that consistently. Okay. And, and it doesn't seem like he has much around him. Like the, the other than Marshawn Ford, who's a pretty solid tight end, it doesn't feel like Louisville really has, the dynamic weapons, even like Florida state had, as we saw Florida yeah. state had some really nice weapons with them. It seems like Louisville is basically a one man show. Yeah. I mean, Tyler Hudson is their leading receiver in terms of, well, everything except touchdowns. Like the only, they've thrown a touch they only thrown two touchdowns, one to Trevon, Trevion Cooley, who's a backup running back and one to Jalen Carter, um, who is a wide receiver and he only has two targets on the year. So Tyler Hudson's their number one guy. So I would expect, let me see, he's, mostly not wide receiver. So I would imagine they'll have um, Elijah Jones on him or Josh DeBerry. If it's a uh, bigger personnel set, um, Amari Huggins, Bruce is a speed guy that they can get the ball after the catch. He's more of a slot receiver as is brain Smith, but yeah, none of these guys are big guys. Even Marshawn Ford, 14 targets, 10 catches, 92 yards. Like Ford, Ford is good for this offense, but he's not like a, di- he's not a dynamic downfield threat as of a tight end. He's more of kind of like a fullback if anything. So, um, I'm not not super worried about that. Those 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 uh, four names: uh, Hudson, Huggins, Bruce, Braden Smith, and Marshawn Ford. They are the only receivers who have more than eight targets on this team. And there's only six receivers who have more than six targets. Everybody else has you know three or fewer. So 
I mean, this passing offense just isn't very efficient, I would say. You know, it's a lot of underneath throws, dink and dunk. You know, hopefully they can get to the the catch. So, you know, BC is going to have to tackle better, which, you know, has been an issue against Virginia Tech and Florida State. Um, I think that because these receivers are smaller, they're not as physically imposing. BC will be better equipped to make those tackles. And also, Jeff Halfley mentioned using live tackling more in practice this week after the the struggles they had. So I think you'll see the tackling improve. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, the run game is what scares me. You know, so far this season, BC has struggled against teams that really utilize gap style runs, especially ones with multiple pullers. Like if you think about the Kashawn King touchdown against Virginia Tech, mm-hmm. that was a buck sweep play where they pulled two guys, changed the math of the defensive front. A lot of Florida State's big chunk runs were similar to that. You know, uh, GH, GG counter, where they had two or three guys pulling across the formation to change the math and give them an advantage. Louisville is not that they are a zone style running attack. Um, everything is like outside zone, outside or wide zone. And then they build the play action off that. So, you know, that was something BC had some issues with last year, but I mean, if they stayed, they're getting in the backfield a lot more on the defensive line, which is good. That can help blow up those plays. And if they can stay disciplined and, you know, maintain their gaps and, you know, get some tackles for loss, I think they'll be able to stifle this running game, but Tyon Evans, their running back, their main running back was a transfer from Tennessee. Really good player. Like he was, he was a star at Tennessee last year and then transferred for kind of unknown reasons. Um, but he he's put the ball on the ground a decent bit with fumbles, but he's a speedster and he's a big dude. So, you know, I think honestly, I think he's a bigger threat than Cunningham is. All right. In a moment, I want to talk more about what BC needs to do to win this game and get Mitch's perspective on that. But this episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up college football this season. Now, Underdog is available in over 30 states. You can go over and pick different games. In Massachusetts, you could go and pick, but you can't pick BC. But there's all sorts of other games you could pick. And all you do, you pick a couple different players. You pick the over and under on a specific stat, like something like Drake May from UNC with over 255 yards. If you get it right and you get your other picks right, you win money. You can win up to $10 on any pick. It's so easy, so fun to use. And it's one of the easiest fantasy games to play out there, and you can win cold, hard cash in a single game. Now, when you sign up with the promo code Locked On, all one word, an underdog is going to double your bonus up to $100 for your first bonus. Uh, first deposit, excuse me. Again, $100. Get $100 free. That's a win right there. All you have to do is go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or slash Google Play Store. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy, promo code Locked On. Get in on the college football pick'em action today. All right. Locked on BCA, Jay Black here. And we're talking the Louisville game. We just talked a lot about Malik Cunningham and kind of what he does and what that Louisville offense does or doesn't do. Now, Jeff Halfley this week uh, talked specifically about the pressure of Louisville. And I wanted to get your perspective on this, Mitch. He said, and I believe I, if I believe I have the quote right, that they don't need to blitz a ton. They do blitz a ton, but they can get pressure with their front four. Um, and they're talented enough with Yaya Diaby and Ashton Galote. I think I got his name. Galati. Galati. Uh, the guy from Louisville yesterday told me I screwed it up too. Yep. So eventually I'll get it right. Well, tell me about this defense and why I want to hear why you think the offensive line that has struggled so much is going to be able to, to stop this Louisville defense. So I'll preface this with saying that I'm not sure they're going to be able to fully stop them. Um, obviously, this is a good team. Uh, Yaya Diaby, obviously good player. Ashton Galati, good player. Uh, Yassir Abdullah, uh, not your traditional kind of edge rusher, but he is a very dynamic player, can do a lot of different things. Um, the reason why they're so successful is because 
they are able to just scheme up a lot of exotic blitz looks. So they might only bring four guys, but they're going to have six or seven guys in the box on line of scrimmage and just loop them all around and really confuse BC. They did this a lot last year and they confused a veteran offensive line um, with this kind of scheme. So you just got, I mean, and that's the problem. Like this is something BC has struggled with um, throughout the entire season, even on less complex looks than what Louisville traditionally brings. So they're really going to be on the need to be on their P's and Q's, you know, I'm not sure how much rotation they're going to have on the line in this game, because they're, I think as they play more, as players play more snaps, they'll be able to, you know, find some tells and be like, okay, like we need to work together and like develop chemistry here to figure out what the opponent is doing. So I'm not sure that they're fully going to stop it because I think they're Louisville's obviously going to have some success. I know that uh, the Louisville guy, I forget his name, uh, but he mentioned that staff from David Hale about Louisville's ability to get pressure. Matt McGallick. Yes, Matt, uh, Matt. Um, And, you know, that's something I talked about with BC. They do this quite well as well with their sim pressures, you know, showing blitz, but then only bringing four guys from kind of unorthodox uh, places to confuse the offensive line. But the way I think BC stops this is actually, I I think if if, I'm going to mention this in my keys to victory article, but if there was ever a game for BC to run the ball and, you know, establish the run, this is the game because Louisville is not very good at stopping the run. They allow 163 rushing yards a game which is 94th in the country they rank 100th in expect points added per rush at 0.137 um and they're so like i said they run a 335 defense which means they're undersized uh you know their defensive ends diaby and galati are you know four. they're essentially you know your normal four three defensive ends but they're playing in a different style uh their nose tackles undersized they only have two defensive linemen who are over 300 pounds and i think they're both freshmen neither of them play that much and their linebackers and front players are very undersized as well. So I think if BC, if this was the game for BC to like use 12, 13 personnel, get Hans, Lillis, and Spencer Witter out there as blocking tight ends, maybe even, you know, sub one of them out and put in a extra offensive lineman as a, as a, as a blocking tight end. Uh, I, I think they could do that because I think BC can have success running the ball against this team that will help slow down the pass rush and it'll help open up the play action passing game. I know I've said that BC needs to open, it in, in general needs to pass to open up the run this season. But again, if they ever wanted to get the run game going, I think this is the game to do it. So my question for you, uh, what style of running are you thinking? Like, you know, against Florida state, we, I, I know in your, I don't, I don't, I rewatched the game. So you don't have to watch it. Uh, you mentioned how BC was running horizontally and it was not a good idea against Florida state. Does Louisville have the same, do you see them having the same kind of athletes that would prevent that? Or do you think they should just stay interior? I think it. I I think that they don't have exactly the same caliber of athlete as Florida State. I think that they again they are undersized. They prioritize speed and agility and all that over you know size and power. So you know maybe don't lean on that super heavily. But you know I think mixing in all kinds of runs and that's that that is something that you know uh, McNulty and D- uh, Googs have talked about is like kind of not relying so heavily on one style like uh, Frank Signetti did with just his own runs. Like they, they use gap, they use zone, they use everything. So I think you want to, I think ideally you want to go up the middle because you can, you should theoretically be able to physically overpower the smaller defenders. Um, so a lot of between the tackles runs, you know, ISO, some power, some duo ins- and then inside zone. Um, and then, you know, maybe then you start kind of using those jet sweeps off of those. Then, you know, you build in some buck sweep stuff, some outside zone stuff. Um because I, I think, again, I, th- I think they can have success here, and I think that that will really help slow down Louisville's pass rush. It'll open up the rest of the offense, and it'll, I think, getting those extra tight ends on the field, if they do decide to pass, I think that'll they'll be able to help in pass protection as well. 
So do you see the offense actually getting moving in the, I mean, obviously we're going to get to your picks in a little bit, but do you see the offense actually kind of shedding off some of the, the, the yips and the, and the issues that they've had. And at, the, actually- at this point, it's kind of wishful thinking for me, but yes, uh, I think, I think this team, like their backs are really against the wall. Last week was rock bottom for pretty much the whole team in every phase of the game. So now, now you, you got to do something like this is, this is go time for salvaging anything out of the season because they've got some tough games in the weeks to come. You've got Clemson, you've got Wake Forest. Um, so, you know, if, if you want to, you know, at least get some momentum going into those games and not just be completely down and, you know, already knowing you're going to get your butt kicked, you yep. know, this is the game to do it. Like, like Louisville is obviously better than BC from a record standpoint. Um, but I, I think BC, this is BC's best shot at getting a win for at least a month. And, uh, my last question about the BC offense, and I kind of talked about this offline. One of the most interesting things, and we talked about this earlier this week, was the de- the depth chart adding Jude Bowery uh, behind Jack Conley. Do you do you think there might be something to that? I think it was telling that Bowery and also Otto Hess got playing time at the end of the Florida State game. I think similar to how we th- entering the Syracuse game last year when there was talk of M.M. Moorhead getting playing time, we said that Dennis Grossell would be on a pretty short leash for Moorhead. I think you could see Jack Conley be on a pretty short leash at right tackle as well because Conley really – he had to come in against Louisville last year, and I believe he played three snaps, two of which were a sack, the other one was a penalty. So, you know, this was a team that, that Conley really struggled against last year. I think that if he has some issues early on, I think you could see BC go in a different direction pretty early in the game. Yeah, it's, it's it strikes me as that, right? Like they had to take. I mean, if someone like no no offense, Mitch, but like you're a writer and you're watching the film and you're seeing this, you got to you got to imagine that Googs, McNulty, and Halfley are watching the same thing, and going okay. And and the, the thing with and again, like we I've belabored this point ad nauseum, but like there's really like Conley is just struggling in all facets of blocking. Like he's getting beat with power. He's getting beat with speed. He's getting beat with technique. Like there's, he just doesn't really have answers at this point. And like, he's got good size. Like he's a decent athlete in space. Not great, but he's fine. He's got good size and, you know, ostensibly should have good strength. But I mean, he just got, I I should, I sent you the clip where he just got one arm long armed, basically right into Jakovic's lap against Florida state. And like, like, you know, BC's offensive line gave up 13 pressures. Uh, as a whole against Florida state six, of those were attributed to Conley. That's almost half to one player that you can't have that. Right. So you get, I mean, you, you want to be nice to the guy and hope that he, he, he develops, but I think you're now five games in the season. And and I will say this, you know, I've written about it, but like the pieces are coming together. Like Kendall has Kendall looks like a completely different player than he did in week one. Um, yep. Really, really settling in. Um, I know guy, I know Ostrapilo, I think Jackson Ness and, um, I can't remember the other one. Uh, it was oh, it was another like part-time player, but they turned in clean sheets, no pressure, no sacks, Wait, no nothing. Yeah, uh, no, because Alec had two. Like uh, it might have been um, who's the other? There's another young Big guy. That they played. <laughs> no, no, he had he only had one though, and like even Thomas, like he he's gotten a little bit better. So you know, I I think you're seeing the guys kind of come together a little bit. So I think that you know, again, like I think I think Louisville's defensive scheme presents unique unique uh, issues for BC's offensive line. Yep. But I mean, they've have been getting better, I mean, I, and again, I, I still would say there's a lot of problems. But they have been getting better in both pass and run blocking every week. Right, and, and it's gone from a complete disaster to just bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that I mean, you gotta you gotta walk before you run. So yes, exactly. And then that's kind of like what something I said earlier was like. Listen, like that was the thing about the main game is like you just need to get to like a point where you can just stand on your like and just be like, okay, I'm here. 
uh, you know, this is my job. I, I can do this. You know, you just need a little bit of confidence to get moving forward. And, you know, a lot, a lot of the issues that plagued BC against Florida State, like, kind of were out of the offensive line's hands. You know, it wasn't their best game in terms of giving up pressure, but, you know, Dracovic started kind of, he accelerated the clock in his head, got out of the pocket, scrambled sometimes, uh, tried to get the ball out quicker. So, you know, I, I think things are starting to come together a little bit. Hopefully, again, wishful thinking, but this can be the game where they kind of start really putting these pieces together. Yeah, and that's going to be some drives. So we're going to get into our predictions in just a moment. But if you have not done so already, please make sure you subscribe to Locked On BC wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're listening to this on YouTube, hit that subscribe button right now. All you need to do is hit subscribe. It helps the podcast out a ton, and it helps other BC fans find our podcast. I'm telling you right now, I looked up on YouTube, and I think I just put in Boston College Sports, and it was a BC game recap something by boston college athletics maybe like a halfway press conference and then us <laughs> so we're getting up there in terms of people finding us and i'd love to for more people to find us so make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you get uh, on youtube now we're back mitch let's let's get into this your predictions because i think we're gonna have a lot of fans that are not gonna agree with you um what does BC have to? You've kind of done your your brief overview, but what is like the, your overall feeling about this game? Your what you think BC is going to do to possibly win this one? I think this is essentially desperation time. Um, this is backs against the wall. This is you're down to your last chip. This is this is it. Like this has got to be the last stand. This is this, and you know if they do lose, then that makes the rest of the season really bad. But you know, this is the game that you have to come out and do something. And I, I'm not even sure like a close loss would be enough. Like unless the offensive line just played balls to the wall and like some crazy thing happened that, you know, Louisville steals the win essentially. Like I really don't think there's any moral victories you can take away from this game. Um, so they, they need like a legitimate on the record win. Um, you know, Louisville's favored by 14 and a half. Now this game, it's moved down two points, which is, you know, encouraging for BC. I think in terms of needing to win, like I said, I think Beast needs to run the ball. I think I think Louisville will end up making a lot of mistakes um, that will, you know, give BC opportunities to, uh, you know, score points, make big plays, and, and BC just needs to capitalize on those. Like guys, just it's, it's simple, but they, they just need to play better than they have the last few weeks. Like you need to execute your job, you not make mistakes. Like some of the big issues against Florida State was just coverage busts. Like guys just making mental mistakes. The big pass that Florida State had from like inside their own ten. And then they got all the way down to the other side of the field. Like that was just, I think Jason Matry just didn't know the coverage and did the wrong thing. And you know, Florida State capitalized with a huge play on that. Like they, you guys, they're the BC defense just can't have that. The offensive line, you know, I don't think they're going to play perfect, but if they can just, you know, make another step forward, you know, give Dracovic some time, get, get open some holes in the run game. You know, if BC can run the ball, keep the ball out of Louisville's offensive hand, give the defense rest, you know, between drives, yeah. like they can't, you can't be doing like, three consecutive three and outs that just cannot happen. Um, and so, you know, ideally running the ball well should, you know, keep the offense on schedule, keep the ball moving downfield, chew the clock. Um, and then, like I said, that'll keep the defense refreshed. Uh, and then they'll be able to, you know, I, I normally you say like tee off on the quarterback, but you kind of want the opposite. You want them slow playing the rush. You want lots of guys in coverage. You want to force Cunningham to make mistakes. And like uh, Matt said, from from Lou, which like like Cunningham just still has those, you know, boneheaded decisions that he just, you know, makes randomly in the game. So when he makes those, you know, capitalizing those for turnovers, 
and turn those turnovers into points, whether that be a defensive return or just the offense getting good field position and turning that into a touchdown. It it just seems like BC has not made turnovers in meaningful games. Mm-hmm. All yeah. year. They had them yeah. against Maine, and then one of them was a like a last second heave into the end zone. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, I, mean, I would say like the and the one the interception turn with Arnold, like they didn't score points on that drive because of missed field goal. Luckily, it set up main and bad field position that the next drive they punted BC got field position and scored on the next drive. But yeah, I mean, and then against Rutgers, Elijah Jones has that big interception towards the end of the first half and they don't get any points from it. So yeah, I mean like the offense, they just have to execute better. You know, you gotta, gotta play better. Um, gotta make better decisions. Um, uh, do you want me to get my score prediction now or, yes, or do it? Okay. go for it? Cause we're going right. to, I have actually, uh, before we get off, I'm going to, I'll have you give your predictions. I have predictions. I have two questions in the chat that I want to get to. Okay. So my prediction is BC wins 27, 24, uh, obviously that's a huge cover. Uh, I took BC at plus 400 as the underdog money line here. Um, like I said, I think this is really a backs against the wall game. They have to win this game. Um, I think that this, I think that they'll win this game close. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm willing to bet on like a, you know, last minute field goal to take the lead and defense makes a stand, but you know, I, I think BC finds a way to get a win out of out of this game. And, you know, that could kind of catapult them into a slightly better, you know, back half of the season. All right, so I am going to disagree with uh, Mitch here, and I am picking BC to lose. Um, I and here's why: I, I don't. I Mitch kind of talked about the offensive line and their improvements. I see Louisville as a team that brings pressure really well, and I think BC is going to have bigger issues against that. And I do think that they've improved, but I don't. I I still think they're not going to have enough to win this game. So when I was making my bets for this week. Or, or if I was making a bet, it's a 14 and a half point spread. I think BC's going to lose probably by like 10. Mm-hmm. I have them, you know, losing like 24, 14 or something like that. Um, I don't think they get boat raced in this game like they did against Florida state, but I don't have them winning this one, but we'll have to wait and see, it, you know, it, you know, I, I still think Halfley has some magic left and maybe this will be the, one of those games where he just kind of pulls it out, uh, out of his team and we'll see something that we weren't expecting. Yeah, I mean that's yeah that's what that's what you're hoping for. I mean, I'm, I'm partially kind of trying to manifest a win by believing <laughs> that it'll happen. Uh, you know, maybe that's uh, naivete or just overconfidence, but you got to start somewhere. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll leave the chat. I mean, the the comment section open as all the Louisville fans will find this and hate Mitch for the next three days. Uh, but we have two comments I want to get to. Uh, we'll start with Dan Kent, who I'm putting it up on the screen. Do you, uh supposed to rain all game. Do you think feel this fate favors either team, Mitch? I mean, I think that if BC holds true to the key that I have of, you know, running the ball, I think that helps. Uh rain typically favors running the ball. Uh teams don't want to pass as much. Um, so that's good. Um that can also lead to more sloppy play. You know, Louisville's already a pretty sloppy team in terms of penalties and turnovers. So, you know, rain could exacerbate that. So I mean, and it's not like I won't say BC's obviously perfect in that in the turnovers department. They're very good with penalties. Only I think four penalties a game for averaging 28 yards, which is fifth in the nation. So that's pretty good. But BC's obviously had their own issues with turnovers. Um, so I think it does. I think it generally favors the home team and it favors a team that wants to run the ball more, which Louisville does like to run the ball. But I think that because Louisville's run game is predicated on that outside zone where it's get outside and then cut back, I think that that might not be as good in the rain because you're relying on your foot to hold up against that wet ground, whereas BC's a little more downhill power runs just get get the running back the ball and let him go straight so i think that i think that i think the rain will favor bc a little bit all right and then our second question and i'll answer this one and then mitch can jump in on the second half do you think bc is the worst team in college football honest question 
so two parts to this question. If you're saying worst team in general, absolutely not. No. I mean, have you watched UMass and UConn? They are absolutely atrocious. Even even in the Power Five, Colorado is Yeah, worse. I was going to say Colorado is way worse than mm-hmm. BC. Mm-hmm. Uh, but are they the bottom five in Power Five right now? Probably. Probably. Yeah. yeah. They're not the worst, but they're, they're down there. So yeah. I think it's a fair question, but I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't go with the, they have the worst team. And he also wanted to say, uh, Phil Dracovic went from a second round pick to undrafted in four games. Unbelievable. Well, that's yep. So Mitch, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, where can people find your work? Uh, the Louisville fans who find this can find me at Mitchell T Wolf, W O L F E on Twitter. Um, if you say mean things, I might block you. So just, <laughs> you know, it might, your comments might fall on deaf ears. We'll see. And uh, for the Louisville fans that don't know the difference between us, I'm AJ Black. I picked you to win. And you can find me at Twitter at AJ Black underscore BC. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. And Louisville fans, if you're listening to this as well, hit subscribe and you can do what the Rutgers fans have been doing and leave comments for four weeks down the road because Rutgers fans clearly have nothing better to do. Uh, This is AJ Black. Um, I love doing this on YouTube. I have found uh, an audience that I never expected I would find. Um, But we will be back. I will hopefully be on Saturday for a post-game show. Uh, We'll talk about that. And then on Monday, we'll have an official post-game show with Mitch. For Mitch Wolf, this is AJ Black. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you soon. Take care.